Hello and welcome to the My Hope Story podcast from Hope Community Church Balanak. Stories of hope all about Jesus. Hello, how you doing? Alright, thanks. Okay, how's your day been? It's been alright. We bit of the old homeschooling. That's pretty bit of work. Went for a big walk with Dave Stevenson today. Oh, that's cool. Where that did you good. go? Uh, West Maryston, round about there. And then went up, walked along round Bargeri Church. And then like up the road to Rompelia and along and back. It was nice. Good. It was good. Nice. Good trek. Good. Thanks, Dave. Happy days, yeah. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> okay, so um, hopefully you're going to tell us a little bit about you. If you're lucky, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then we can get into some hopefully real deep, <laughs> deep stories. Yikes, I don't know if I was ready for this. Well, uh, it's a Tuesday night and it's, it's getting <laughs> a bit later, so um, yeah. So let's crack on. Why, do, why don't you start with um, what you were like as a, a child growing up? What was your childhood like? Hey, wow. I feel like I should be lying back, reclining. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood. Um, so I was a kid once. Yep. Most of his well. Yeah. I think that's fairly common, isn't it? I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. Um, let's hope the party gets better than this as we keep going. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I grew up in Glasgow, um, on the south side. Um, I've got a mum and a dad, Jim and Nancy Bell. Uh, I have two sisters and a brother, uh, and I was, yeah, they're considerably older than me, no offence intended to them in the slightest, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I was a bit of a surprise in the family. Okay. That was fun. Uh, so yeah, I grew up um, in the south side in Clarkston, it's, it's quite nice, you might call it posh, some people might call it posh. And then you end up here. And then we end up we'll come on here. to. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so yeah, I went to school. Again, like most people. <laughs> like, unless your name's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Sorry, Scott. I had that recently. Anyway, he's got a job. Got a job awesome. Today. That's awesome. Um, so Pete's like pure shaking his head over here. Like, oh my goodness, it would be ten times worse if he was sat here. Let's be honest. Yeah, we'll leave him to, to uh-huh. pros at this before uh-huh. we get him on. Away you go. Right, so I was a child. Um, yep. And I had a, yeah, um, I have fond memories of my childhood. I, uh, yeah, I remember going to church as a kid. If we're talking in terms of uh, Christian experience, I um, sometimes would rather have stayed home and watched Thunderbirds on a Sunday rather than going to church. I was chatting to my boys about that the other day because they were watching some Thunderbirds. I can I understand that, absolutely. I, I remember going to school on a Monday morning and the boys talking about having watched Thunderbirds in the day before and I was like, oh, I was at church, missed out. And then occasionally, like if I was ill, I might get to watch Thunderbirds at home okay. on a Sunday. So, so Sometimes I wanted that, but on the whole, I enjoy going to church. So going to, chur- know. So going to church when you were younger then, would you, would you have considered yourself a Christian? When you were really young, um, yes. 
Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's your one more dance. No, that's fine. <laughs> Absolutely fine. Looking back like, now, would you would yeah. you say you were so a Christian like, when you were younger? I am. Um, so I I grew up. Um, obviously, my my folks were Christians. Um, my siblings were Christians, and kind of grew up going along to like doing all the kind of churchy stuff. So going along to youth clubs and youth groups and yep. midweek kids clubs and. Uh, Sunday school and enjoying it on the whole had good friends there like loved it and so kind of I guess was swept along in a lot of all that um, but that was a good thing like I'm thankful okay. for that like not many folk um, these days can look back and say that happened yeah um, like from a young age getting exposed to the bible constantly and um, I know my folks would always encourage me to read the bible at night time and that kind of jazz yeah. I remember having me uh, daily reading notes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so what, yeah, what would a what would a typical Sunday look like then, in the Bell household? In the Bell household, it looked like. Um, so we used to, uh, for most of my life, I grew up in Carsbridge, Carsbridge Evangelical Church. So uh, it's uh, an old Brethren Church, uh, Evangelical. Um, uh, they would have at 10 o'clock at the communion service which is yep. a kind of open worship um, so like someone would a guy would tee off the service and then uh, folk from within the congregation would share a reading or a song that we would sing or stuff like that and uh, and then we'd kind of the climax of the service was taking communion together yep. um, which is always awesome actually loved that and then there'd be like a half hour break for tea and coffee juice and biscuits the best loved part. That, loved that all the more. Absolutely. <laughs> it was ace. Um, and then like half 11 till half 12 or whatever was like the kind of family service they called it. The main like, I guess, gathering yeah. in some ways, like where they'd be preaching. Uh, obviously as a kid, going out to Sunday school and all that kind of jazz um, as part of that service. And then it was normally back in the evening, half six to half seven for another service as well, where they'd be preaching. And I remember sitting like in the service reading books or doodling or whatever yep, like yep. um yeah okay. been exposed to that pretty and full on day then in between there was some lunch had <laughs> do you remember we used to have lunches at i don't remember those oh. days and we didn't have to sit miles away from each other i miss those days oh, i really do oh, okay so that was a typical sunday then for the, the bell household yeah um what what were you like as a teenager then um, did, did, did it remain that way? Did you fall yeah. away from it? Yeah, so I do, like, as much as I say I thought myself a Christian, I, there's a couple of points in my life where I can look back and remember quite vividly um, that I needed to trust in Jesus yep. myself, right? And I remember one time, there was uh, every year, every summer, uh, last week before school, uh, Carchbridge had and still has um, a big holiday club uh, called King's Club. I remember being there and uh, it was like a, you're there during the day for four hours and then the older ones could come back in the evening and I remember yeah. at a young age coming back and sitting around, you'd be doing kind of Bible worksheets and all the rest of it, okay. reading a little bit of the Bible and I vividly remember the leader saying uh, like that you need to, um, each individual has to trust in Jesus to be forgiven for sin and to go and be with him in heaven. Like, okay. I remember that. The simplicity of that yeah, yeah and i remember in that moment like just quietly in my head praying lord i trust you i want to i want to be with you in heaven like um, so so before you he said that to you did you 
Did you not really think it was as simple as that? Or? Do you know, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. It's hard to remember, like, really what was going on. Like, I must have been, I don't know, eight or nine. I've got a terrible memory at the best of times, <laughs> so don't ask me any more questions about dates and stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I just the penny hadn't dropped, I guess, before yeah. that moment. Yeah. Um, and then even after that, like, I remember being a little bit older, maybe, like, I don't know, 10, 11 or something. Um, and being at an SU camp. And again, kind of group setting, group chat, questions yep. after the kind of teaching time or whatever. Um, and I remember the person, the leader saying like, doesn't matter if all your family are Christians, what matters is uh, you yourself walking with the Lord is important. Um, and that kind of struck a bell as well. Like um, that, you know, I'd remembered, you know, I trusted Jesus, I wanted to follow Jesus, but I couldn't just rely on you know, this is what we do as a family on a Sunday, yep. for example. Like, um, So yeah, those kind of were triggers. What was your question? Did you ask a question? Yeah, well, you, you kind of <laughs> answered it. My question was, um, did you realise it was as simple as that? Yeah. Trusting in yeah. Jesus. And you've answered it. And a teenager, you were saying. And, and that is the that is the, the great thing about the gospel, is it is as simple as that. And Just to your point, if you were to rely on your family and just going to church with your family, how many people would actually be saved? Mm. Probably none is the answer to that, but we'll, we'll come on to that probably a bit more later on. <laughs> okay, so you're a teenager now. Yeah. What, what's what's happening then? Oh, it was a breeze. I was an ideal teenager. It was great. Thanks. Um, okay, no, so what's a, the truth? <laughs> what, to be fair, I wasn't like a pure rebel. Like, I wasn't like um, doing anything crazy. So anything that I say that's, you know, out there is probably made up. Um, so I uh, well we we brought you onto the podcast to have something <laughs> good to tell us you know, if that means making it up then, then batter in I used to uh, steal Sega Mega Drives <laughs> from toy shops and sell them on for profit to fund a drug habit when I was 12 and we'll just finish there thank you <laughs> okay <laughs> none of that is true um yeah, like I guess I was, again, kind of even still, I knew that, you know, still, you know, mum and dad still encouraging me to be reading the Bible, um, still involved in all the kind of church stuff, but I guess it was easy to to get swept along in a lot of that. And yeah. like, particularly when you've grown up in the church, you know how to play the Christian game in yeah. some ways. Like, you know the answers to give, you know um, how to fob people off when they ask how you're doing. Yeah, like yeah. Um, uh, you know how to yeah, cover over stuff, and I guess like I never really knew what it meant to you know, uh, like we would call talk about discipleship, accountability, that kind of stuff. Never knew any of that or what that meant. Um, so I guess I played a lot of rugby when I was a teenager. Like, okay. um, I kind of got swept in, swept along with that. Um, some of that was meant I was playing rugby on some Sundays, um, like, and that was probably a bigger priority for me in okay. some ways. Like, yep. um, I totally wanted to just be a rugby player, and that was about it. But I wasn't as wasn't as disciplined as I should have been yep. to do it, and then I get injured, so that put paid to that. Um, but like with that came along just that kind of, I guess, rugby club mentality in some ways. That um, so, so what age are you here then when you started I'm playing talking rugby? Like, I'd been playing rugby since I was nine until 16, I think, largely. But 
even just like the chat, wanting to impress friends. Yeah. Um, like when I was kind of, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, so did, like. So did you have, did you have non-Christian friends? Yeah. 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 And how was that? Try to juggle that side Yeah, of like, I remember like, they knew that I was a Christian. They knew that like, um, my mum and dad weren't overly keen on me playing Sundays and there was sometimes like I would go to like part of a service on a Sunday and then have to go and play rugby or something yep. and my mum and dad were made a concession with that and that was cool but um, I guess there was times that I just didn't really uh, take seriously my witness like I remember one time um, one of my coaches telling me off after a game I was captain at the time uh, and used some unsavoury language quite okay. loudly, and he was like, "You're meant to be the good Christian boy." Um, that must have and I was cut like, you deep. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so stuff like that, like I mean, and again, it's nothing like crazy major, but I was easy to almost be living a double life in that sense. Like, want to try and be the big man, impress, be a rugby yeah. guy. Um, and it's hard enough being a teenager. The best Without having a, a juggle being a Christian as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So what was school like then? Because that, that's obviously your rugby side of things. Yeah. Were you teased for being a, probably a Bible thumper in school? As you'd yeah, maybe a been little called? bit of that, a little bit of that, I suppose. But like, I also, I guess like as I got older, like to start with, there was always like a kind of SU group, a Christian union type thing, a bunch yep. of, and like some of those folks I went to church with and that. Okay. Um, and I'm sure early on in high school I was kind of like patch it <laughs> yep. again because yep. I was wanting to you know go and hang out with my friends who were at like chess club and that that is true by the way um, <laughs> so there's all these complex sides here <laughs> I don't I think it's more than a double life you're trying to live here <laughs> you're probably right to be fair you're probably right try to fit in like absolutely absolutely um but like as I like so by the time I got to kind of fifth sixth year at high school, um, like uh, was I was going along, but more than going along was heavily involved in leading it. Like, yep. um, so I guess like there was a bit of a like I always felt that tension between wanting to just hang out with my mates and wanting to do what was right, mm-hmm. um, and that's the battle with sin all over, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, um, I Absolutely. guess I didn't label it as such. I didn't understand it as such at that time, but. Um, but yet, actually, in fifth year at high school, we ran a like focus week, a Christian focus week across the whole school, and we had like oh, these. Cool. I don't know where they came from, but I remember these American footballers coming bending like they were massive pure tanks, right? And they bent this massive metal bar and then told people about Jesus. I was like, well, that's weird, but it was it's American, <laughs> totally American. It's American. Um, <laughs> totally and do you know what? It's funny you say that because you're now heavily involved in. Americans, which, <laughs> we, Americans. which will uh, which will come on. Eh? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, clearly God Cleveland had that a, and everything. A plan, there absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so you're in maybe fifth, sixth year. You're yeah. doing focus groups. You're kind of leading Bible studies, if you like. Um, yeah. Are you saved at this point? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do think, like, as much as I was meandering as a teenager, I knew it was true. I had conviction. Um, and I just rejected that in some ways. Like I, I, I totally think I put my trust in Christ at a young age and was a believer. Yep. So I never doubted um, the gospel. Never wanted to actually turn away from it. Just wanted to kind of indulge along the way, I guess. 
It did take me a while to get baptised though. Like, okay. Um, as was kind of done quite often. Like, I guess, um, like we even today as our church, we would take our time baptising yeah. young people. Yeah. Um, like we want to see fruit. We'd want to see uh, growth. I guess, and like um, you know, so certainly our church tended to be when you started to reach later teens, folk get baptised. So I think I was baptised when I was eighteen or just before I was eighteen. I think. Um. Yeah, and that was pretty sweet. Me and my brother get baptised in the same day. So that's, that's cool. Class. That's really cool. It's a bond you'll, you'll carry forever. That's it. That's, that's awesome. It. Okay, so your your plans for the future then at this point? So you're, you're obviously running the, the, <sighs> the groups. Yeah. What are you thinking your life's going to look like in 10 years' time? Oh, I still don't know what my life's going to look like in 10 years' time. <laughs> what are you asking here? Um, so by this point, rugby career was out the window because I was fat primarily, but I blamed it on my knee injury. We'll, um, we'll blame it on your knee injury. Ah, it's the knee, it's the knee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was always kind of torn. Like, I loved music, loved sport, um, um, loved messing about with computers, like, so thought that I would, you know, uh, get involved there somehow, because there might yeah. be more of a, career so yeah, I ended up yeah. like out of school like, I think everyone from our school just get kind of farmed into the uni system like okay. tick a box send the form off go along that'll be you pal uh, so I signed up to do uh, digital multimedia and communication systems that sounds all very intelligent yeah it was way too intelligent for me <laughs> like, uh, I mean, well, you managed to help set this up, so you must have. That's right. That's right. Some of it was worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, none of this I learnt from uni. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I ended up at uni. Like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my life, to be yeah. honest. And this was like, we'll give it a bash. Probably like uni. most people that go to uni, if I'm honest. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, but yeah, it quickly became evident that I didn't want to be there, basically, and it was a, I was wasting my time, everyone else's time, and money um, so I did two years but the end of the second year I dropped out uh, all that time I'd been kind of I guess uh, still heavily involved in church stuff yeah. like um, was involved leading the, the youth groups now like uh, yeah. it kind of came uh, naturally in a sense like um, was doing some teaching like all that kind of jazz and kind of yeah it just made sense I felt at home there in a lot of ways so um, when you were when you were giving up uni or thinking about giving up uni mm-hmm. what what's the process are you are you looking to the Lord for, for support on that or are you are you just done with yeah. it truth be told like I was pretty scunnered and pretty down yeah. pretty angry at God um, and I'm talking now probably like I didn't in some ways I like to say that I dropped out in some ways it was enforced okay <laughs> okay so the, tr- that, the truth comes out now that kind of happens when you don't pass classes and stuff like I could have I could have whoops smacking mics and stuff I could have gone on and like resat and all that jazz and gone for it and so it's going to stop you does mum and dad know the real story here or is this <laughs> the first time this isn't like random information <laughs> like it's really not uh, yeah like so there was a a whirlwind there I also met Cara around that time so we'll blame her as the real yeah, distraction basically absolutely. Like, and she still has to this day that's absolutely yeah. right that's it no, no. Um, 
the, we met well in fact just before I started my second year at uni we met and um, she was a massive blessing from the Lord to me through to deal with that whole shenanigans really because yeah so I did I dropped out um, and then was just a bum for months like okay. um, I think so I must have dropped out in like the May of what would that be 2006 or something look at me trying to figure out dates <laughs> I'm uh, impressed and then yeah I basically like lay in bed and played champ manager for a long time the dream yeah really not <laughs> it sounded good it sounds attractive but do you know what when you've been doing it for ages like yeah it's not fun and like I totally became depressed like hopeless didn't have a clue what I was doing with my life with myself I was like what is my purpose um, and you're angry at God at this point still yeah well yeah. I think there was some anger at the Lord yeah I think so like I think I was frustrated bitter probably um, I don't think I was very good at expressing all this back okay. then like and I think that's probably true of me in a lot of ways that like I wasn't haven't been like the most expressive yep. of emotions through my life um, and so that's been a kind of uh, yeah can see the Lord's hand in that I guess over the years but um, so I would have probably just bottled up a lot of that like um, not too many people really knew what was going on okay. um, like I was able to kind of keep doing the other stuff involved in church life and all the rest of it so, so you're still but, doing all that while feeling yeah still doing that yeah. but like just breaking down in tears <laughs> just like yeah, lost basically in, in a sense like and that's where Cara was a huge blessing because she was, I guess, the first person that I um, felt able to properly open up to and start okay. talking to about some yeah. of this stuff. Like, um, and that was gold. And I guess she helped me process a lot of it, it helped me start thinking through what I was going to do next. And uh, yeah, she was a real gift and still is. And for those of you that don't know Pete and Cara, Cara is Pete's wife. <laughs> she did. Um, she did become my wife. <laughs> which I'm sure we'll, we'll find out more about. I just want to go back to, you had mentioned earlier on that you were really into your music. Because I know that that played a big part uh, in your life and, and probably still does to this day. Well, tell us a little bit about your history of music then. Okay. Um, my history of music. Yes. Right. This could be a, a long segment of the podcast. <laughs> Not a very interesting one, to be fair. It's mostly just me in my room playing guitar. Like, but um, yeah, I learned, learned guitar in high school. Um, my brother-in-law gave me my first guitar. Uh, eternally thankful for that. Um, and then was, was learning at school, doing music, doing all that. Was taught guitar by someone who had a number one single. That's cool. Do you know, uh, you'll never remember it. It was on like Levi's adverts and stuff back in the day. Band called Stiltskin, song inside. It went do 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 do. Nope. No. I feel like we should get a guitar though, and you yeah. should. We should at least have like, can we edit in that music, or <laughs> can tune, we play right? it somehow? I don't have my phone because it's been a camera right now, or else I would just play it for you. I'm sure uh, Pete can edit that. <laughs> that's true. That's right. He's a snippet. Um, that's pretty cool though. Well, it was pretty cool. Although he wasn't, he was he was quite a grumpy. No, I don't mean to. No, he wasn't a grumpy. He wasn't like overly keen on that whole rock star thing anymore. By the time I got to him, like okay. he was he was playing classical guitar and stuff, which was cool in itself. 
Um, but he wasn't like he was always quite bashful about the rock star stuff. And you wanted to come in and be a rock star? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty okay. much. I wanted to be Jimi Hendrix or John Frusciante or Slash. Preferably Amazing. a combination of all three. That's cool. So I remember one time in Greyfriars, you had a, it was your band, uh, Cara was also in it, and you put a, a show on for the community. Illuminati. That was cool. Or Illuminate, as we yeah, yeah. were called. Uh, how did that happen? Was this a band that you created? Uh, it was, basically we met a couple of guys at an SU camp. Scripture Union has played okay. a kind of, has been a thread through a lot of my yeah, life. Yeah. Um, Johnny Barber and Chris Barber, uh, brothers from Edinburgh, we met okay. them and instantly just musically hit it off, I guess, loved jamming, we were playing like Incubus and stuff together, it was great fun. Um, but then we both like loved music and wanted to do something uh, Christian with it, like, uh, so we wanted to do kind of worship events, you call yep. it that. Um, so yeah, we started like Cara and I used to before we were even driving used to get the bus through to Edinburgh on Tuesday evenings <laughs> for a practice at Gorgie it was great fun total right I'd be there guitar in one hand my amp in the other amazing walking. great fun good days amazing um, yeah and so we put on events we did stuff at Gorgie uh, in their church for a while um, and then we did other little things like we came to Greyfriars did a thing there um, but we also like what we loved doing was like we did kind of club venues and stuff like, okay. so played at like just a few places through in Edinburgh like um, Liquid Rooms and Cab Vol, Cab, Cabaret Voltaire so was this all this was Christian music or worship yeah, music much, yeah, yeah. yeah okay and it, was it received well in clubs yeah like it was cool like we kind of we always wanted it to be something you could bring a friend along to sort of thing yeah um uh, but also something that's going to encourage believers. Like, so we always had a guy doing a talk, um, sharing the gospel, um, and yeah, I think for what it was, when it was, it was good. I think I'd probably do things slightly differently now. Okay. Um, well, hindsight's a great thing, yeah, isn't it? For sure, so. for sure. Like, um, but no, I'm I'm totally thankful for it. Like, um, invaluable part of our lives. Like, and it was great. Karen and I loved and still do love doing music together like it's one of it's a precious thing for yeah. us um, uh, and so it was great like I used to love that like um, I did like I miss just smashing my electric guitar like mental that's uh, cool do you know I remember having a conversation with, with Joe um, about Christians mm. that are able to play guitar oh, Joe. I, I know well, we just have a minute of silence let's, for, let's just have a moment for Joe <laughs> <for> John Becker <laughs> and I, I remember asking him um is it a a need? Do you need to be able to play guitar to be a Christian? <laughs> um, and I think it's because every person that I meet that's a Christian can can play something. <laughs> and it seems to always be guitar, and I blame used to for that. <laughs> blame um, us for that, for every Christian. Yeah, that's absolutely. a massive statement, and then to give us the blame, yeah. Of course, that's um, although. A wee side note, we've got our very own uh, Pete Stewart on Spotify now. If, if you've not already listened to that, folks, go and have a no. listen. Yeah, Pete he's, Stewart's he's, gone on Spotify? He's on Spotify. Some, oh, of, his, you, some of his music from back in the day. Have you put uh, Table 57 on Spotify? Yeah, that's awesome. exciting. I was listening to it earlier on. That's so. awesome. I'm not so have a go and listen to that, folks. Get his, get his uh, listens up, yeah. get him hundreds of money. 
Yeah, get him on. He played cool places like Cavern Club and stuff like that. He's dead. Yeah, he'll be on. Okay, I just played the local theatre, playing pantos and stuff. Other than that, that was fun as well. To be fair, I used to love that. Footloose. Play guitar for Footloose (laughs) once. That was awesome fun. That is pretty cool. That's a whole other story. Okay, so that's your music. I just wanted, I thought that was good just to, to pop in there because I know it was a, a big one of yours. Um, mm. So back to you being depressed then. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I really like the blues. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you're fresh out of uni, um, <laughs> having served two years. You've met Cara at this point. Yeah. However, you're, you're depressed and you're playing championship <laughs> manager. <laughs> so, so what happens next? How do you get out of that? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't know how I get out of this now. Like, man, well, you're not. Where, you're stuck. You where do we go from here? Eh? Yeah. The Lord was good. Um, and I guess just was at work through all of that to, to break me in a lot of ways, to break my pride. He's still breaking my pride yep. to this day. Like, um, But I took a... It took a real humbling from it, I think. Exposed my sin, selfishness. Uh, yeah. I wanted my world to revolve around me a lot of the time. For me to be pleased and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think it just was a time of like my eyes being opened, really. Like I remember at that time, there was, there was two key... Um, I, I know you were asking about favourite Bible verse and stuff. Um, and we would come on to that. There was a, another two key um, verses that just came to life for me during that time. The first one was um, Ephesians 2. I'm glad um, you came prepared with uh, Look at this, by the way. Look at this. Should be a pastor or something. Because that's the qualification for being a pastor, apparently. <laughs> um, Ephesians 2 8, for you're saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, is God's gift. And I just remember, like, I guess God's grace became all the sweeter and all the more real. Yeah. Because on the one hand, I was starting to see even more the depth of my sin. And I'd always accepted I'd a sinner. I had no problem with that, in a sense. Like, I knew that that was the core of the gospel. Yeah. Like, I'm a sinner that needs saved. But his grace just became all the sweeter when I was realizing, actually, I'm far worse than I thought I was. And still, to this day, I realize that. Yeah. Like, um, but that made it sweet that like he was showing grace to me. He was uh, he had saved me, and there was another bit. Uh, it's not from works, verse nine, so that no one can boast. And then verse ten, we, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared prepared ahead of time for us to do. And there was just that element of my work is to follow the Lord and honor Him, I guess, yeah. and know Him. Like I complicate it and can overthink things or whatever but like um, there's a simplicity to that like trust him with it follow what he's called me to do obey his commands was a kind of light bulb moment in that sense another one was uh, <clears throat> another one was 2 Corinthians 5.17 therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation the old's passed away and see the new has come like and just that whole like God is in the business of making things new <laughs> like I feel, I felt like I was in the pit of just despair of guilt shame you know with uni and everything that else went along there like um, and yet he was making things new he had made me new like I was a new my yep. identity in Christ was yep. I had been made new and he was going to keep renewing me like 
So those things, I guess, shone as bright lights and started to bring some hope, I guess. Like, and I started to bring, I guess, some focus to my mind. Like, because again, I was all over the place mentally, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and and yeah, God's word just pierced through that in that sense. And then, like, I had been trying to get jobs. I, I wasn't just wanting to sit in my backside in my bed <laughs> and play drum manager yeah, the whole yeah. time. I had been trying to get some jobs. I'd been looking at like. Um, like school classroom assistant type things okay. and stuff because I thought I would go back and do teaching. Yeah. Um, I was going to go and do maths teaching. In fact, I applied to go and become a maths teacher and was accepted. Um, and that's where I was kind of heading. That was what I thought, okay, I'll go and do that. I can I can do numbers and I can probably teach people. So, Well, you can't do numbers as good as our Joe. <laughs> Retreat fleet drop in there. That's right, that's right. Joe and his spreadsheets. Yep, Loving yep. it. Although Pete loves his spreadsheets too. Spreadsheets, man. There you go. Geeks ahoy. Yep. Um what was I saying? So you applied to be a master. Oh yeah, so like I uh, had been applying for jobs, eventually ended up like getting up joining a temp agency and working in a like data entry job, a couple of data entry jobs for like six months or something. Um which is fine. It gave me some discipline, had yep. to get up out of the house, um, and actually brought, again, focus to my life, um, which was helpful. Um, around that time, actually, was when Pete and I started to... Uh, that was my next point. When, oh. did, you, when did you meet Pete? Does that, when well, does that met, come in? We met in 2005, so by this point we'd known each other. I love how you year. just you know that date straight away. Like, <laughs> you've struggled with dates for the last half hour, and straight away you're like, met Pete in 2005. And to, to bring a lot of themes together here, it was at an SU camp, and at the first time I Who met him, I smashed that? my guitar. <laughs> okay, I'm really seeing a theme here. Um, this should have just been called an SU camp chat. Like, okay, so 2005, you've you've met our uh, wonderful Pete Stewart. Wonderful. Yeah. Right, why man. not? That's one word to use. You could use, I suppose. Uh, yes, yeah, so we met 2005 at an SU camp where we were both leaders. Again, um, hit it off with music and. Was it the whole your name's Pete, my name's Pete? We just became best friends. Yeah, we were both thing. fat and hairy. It worked. There we go. Um, uh, played music together and stuff. So we played in a band. We played in the Power Praise band. Power Praise. Oh man, that was banter too. Good fun. Um, that was good as well. Yes, yeah, so we got to know each other, but it was before. So that was. Oh, now I'm getting confused. Around the time I was working city centre, we started going to Pizza Hut for buffet lunches. Oh, the dream. Shout out to Pizza Hut. I can't even go to restaurants anywhere, man. Oh, come on, we can dream. We can dream. We can remember. Okay, so Pizza Hut dates with Pete Stewart. So that was probably one of the highlights of uh, working in in, in City Centre for me. That was fun. And is this when you're doing one of the data entry jobs? Aye, that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. Okay. So that was that. So you stopped stopped game out for a few months. I did. And then I was about to start uh, maths teaching. Yeah, like at Strathclyde Uni, but I, I'd obviously been involved in a lot of church stuff, uh, been leading things, and a couple of folk had mentioned to me if you thought about going to Bible college, and it kind of been like, yeah, maybe, mm, don't know, yeah, it's a bit scary, not sure if I can do that kind of thing. Bible <laughs> college is that in Glasgow? So there, yeah, like so there was a couple of options, um, like there was the Glow centre where a few folk from like Hartsbridge went to um, and then there was ICC International Christian College as well where Cara actually went so she was doing a youth work degree there um, 
so yeah that was kind of on the table and then I was, more of, as time went on it was literally like a couple of weeks before term was about to start and uh, yeah I thought you know what I should seems like this makes some sense yeah. like maybe yeah. the Lord's actually prodding me in, or dragging me in that direction <laughs> um, so I applied and, and they let me in the maniacs amazing um, so how long were you there for? so I did a three year degree there a theology degree okay so that was that and that comes in handy today <laughs> well you would think so wouldn't you <laughs> okay so so where are you and Cara at this point are you as... so we get married in 2009 okay and you're and you're still at the the college at this so point. So I was. So we were married for a year of my degree. Okay. I think yeah, that's right. Do you want to tell us a little bit about life with Cara at the start then? Yeah, we got married. We lived right next door to Cartsbridge, number one Cartsbridge Road. It was great, a total blessing. Um, uh, yeah, a couple from the church bought the house and rented it to us, and that was sweet because we were like, "Where on earth are we going to live? Yeah. Who knows?" Uh, and we ended up living there, and it was like, oh, that was a sweet gift, man. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know what else. What else can I say? That's okay. We were getting used to. What age were you when you got married? Oh mercy, twenty-three. Twenty-three. Okay, twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. That'd be right. You sure? Yeah. Just yes. remember, you're struggling with this, but you knew when you met Pete. <laughs> just putting that out there, Cara, just... <laughs> oh dear, oh dear me. Although I'm sure um, Cara and Lindsay already know that they come after your relationship with... <laughs> okay. So, moving on. Um, so, you're married. Uh, yep. <coughs> you're, you're just finished the theology yep. uh, degree. Yep. What's, what's happening next then? So, um, I guess, again, because of, like... I guess by this point, years of experience doing kind of kids stuff, youth stuff, theology training. I was kind of, kind of made sense to go into some kind of youth ministry job. Like yep. I've never been the most, I guess, ambitious of people. Um, uh, so I didn't really. Again, I was coming out thinking mm, something like that might work. I yep. don't really have a grand yep. plan in mind. I'm not someone who's like. You know, I'm sure that God's leading me in this direction 100%, let's do it. Um, so I was kind of open-handedly like, I think some sort of youth pastor, youth worker in a church role was kind of where I was heading. I looked at and applied for a few jobs around the place, but wasn't happening. And then there was one afternoon we came, Karen and I came through to visit Pete. I think he'd been having holiday club or something. And we just came over to visit and, uh, like I kind of known Pete had obviously roommates. I'd known Pete was uh, uh, going to be their church was able to employ a second youth yep. worker, so I kind of yep. knew that was happening in the background, but didn't really put two and two together <laughs> in terms of I'm looking for a youth work role. Pete's church is about to employ a second youth worker, and you wanted to be a maths teacher, and you can't even put that together. <laughs> exactly. Come on. <laughs> it's evident the Lord saved me yeah, from that absolutely. one as well, right? <laughs> uh, so, um, what were we saying? Aye. So we came over, uh, and after chatting with Pete, seeing around um, a bit of Greyfriars and a bit of Lanark, like uh, I remember Karen and I coming away and just kind of both being a little bit like. Why have we not thought about this? Like, <laughs> why have we not prayed about this? Uh, this almost makes too much sense. Like, yep. And I guess there was an element of it would be weird to work with a mate. 
um, I guess was the sort of thought like but um, yeah went away thought about it prayed about it applied had a weird interview where Pete was interviewing me along with a few other folk from the church okay um, and then the rest is history and the rest is history as they say here so, we are did you know anything about Balanok? Did you have you heard the Balanok at this point? Only I guess through Pete, like so it was on my radar. I'd never really been over here. Although funnily enough, when we used to get the bus back and forward to Edinburgh, uh, it used to come through at Bayliston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to always be like, I was saying this to someone the other day. I was like, this is a weird like. Why on earth is it coming off the motorway here? Yeah, because it's the nine hundred comes off the motorway for like two stops and straight back on the motorway. There's an advert for the buses as well. How about that? If any, if any, <laughs> if any bus companies want to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> that's hilarious. But like, it's funny. Like, how the Lord works. I had no idea where we were coming off the motorway. I'm like, what is this place? Why are we here? Yeah. And it's just along the road. So I didn't really know East End at all. Like, grew up south side. Um, but yeah, had heard from Pete. Heard good things about the opportunities, and um, yeah, it just kind of made sense, and we were excited to go for it. It made okay. sense that the Lord was leading us that way. So that's yeah, cool. Good. So your story isn't quite as exciting as Pete's because Pete's got a pretty cool story about he ended up in Balanok, which that's he, right. can, he had like neons in the sky and yeah, stuff. I think. So he can that would be exciting when when he comes on that's to tell right, his story. Right. But that's the story of my life, though, like getting dragged backwards <laughs> to wherever I should probably be. Okay, so so you get a job at uh, Greyfriars yep. in Balanok to be the second youth worker. Yep. Um, Obviously, I was around at that point. Ah, indeed. So that's where I come into Back this, in the this day. story. Yes! yes. A... Do you remember the first time we met? No. Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Um, I really don't. I'm assuming I somehow came along to Rock Solid, potentially. Must have been, like, yeah. Um, I think I must How have been... How did you start coming along to Rock Solid? I don't know. I, we I need was... to sit in different seats here. Yeah. Um, I'll start asking questions. I must have been what fifteen, maybe ish at the time. Surely not. Maybe f- yeah, yeah, I think so. I think fifteen. Maybe 16. Pete started. I don't know. Who? Am I, how old are you now? Twenty-seven. I, I'm so sure I was. I started two thousand and ten. Yeah, that would probably been when I was 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 coming around. I because I would have been sixteen at that point. 16, then. There you go. Wow. Yeah, I'd That's have been bold, sixteen. You and Jordan uh, kicking about. Me and Jordan, yeah, tearing it up. Absolutely. So I had some really good memories. Eh? Yeah, yeah. A GYP. Um, so why don't you give us a, a brief overview then of because okay. GYP there's probably a lot of stories you could tell. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of stories there. Like, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should get Gary on the podcast. <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> That's a whole other bod- podcast. <laughs> uh, I GYP, like man, so many good memories. Like it was awesome, um, a sweet part of life in so many ways. It was hard. Um, it was, yeah, it was a challenge. It was totally out of comfort zone. Like I went from, um, you know, several services on a Sunday at a church where, um, yeah, it was encouraged and a lot of people my age and uh, just yeah a lot of good happening yeah um, and there was a lot of good happening great fires as well but it was totally different um, totally different scene really um, uh, yeah but it was sweet like I guess with with the two of us there we were able to do loads of cool stuff like um, 
like messing about with videos and yep. uh, all that kind of fun stuff. Like Put, putting that IT computer stuff that you <laughs> wanted to go to uni put into Remember when, like, do you remember when we did a world records night? Yes, I do. Like we were totally trying to set up streaming for that so that it could be online and stuff, yep. but it just it just did not work. It just was. I remember we that. were ahead of the curve, like YouTube and all that. Like, yeah, that was that was all a baby at that point. Surely that was it was aye, totally tiddlers. Yeah, like we wanted to do something that just couldn't be done yet. Anyway, that's as far as our pioneering goes. Yeah. Um, so. What were we saying? GYP? GYP. Holiday clubs were a highlight. Loved that. Like, yes. I still remember, the, I think it was the second year I was there, and we did a holiday club and had like 90 odd kids the first day. And I remember me and Pete and his stepdad Derek sitting in the office, frazzled, because it had just been a riot. We weren't ready for that number of kids. Thankful, because it was phenomenal we had that number of kids. But just like, what on earth are we going to do? <laughs> like, was, that the, was that the spy one? Mission Rescue. Mission Rescue. No, I think that no. was the first one, wasn't it? Space Academy. It was, Space was it Academy. Space Academy? I think it was the sports one. Was it not the first Olympics one? Because 2011, 2011 would have been Mission Rescue. 2012 was the London Olympics. Yeah. So what was that one? On Your Marks. Uh, it was On Your Marks, that's right. Okay. Everyone in the yellow vests. Remember the yellow vests? I wasn't, I wasn't at it, I don't think. Oh, I think I, that no. one? Oh. I think I was Mission Rescue. Mission Rescue. There you go. That was good as well, to be fair. Not as good, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but stuff like that was just like a gem. Like and like there was no, we were able to like lead Sundays now and then and stuff. And yep. once a month we did a kind of family service sort of thing. Um, we were leading Bible studies and that was great. Like we've seen folk really want to read the Bible and uh, really want to uh, know about Jesus and stuff like. Um, obviously yourself at that yep. time there was young Scott Linda like you're still with us and, and countless others actually like there was amazing opportunity and the school stuff as well like we were in and out of schools all the time I loved football coaching actually yeah. coaching the team that's because you were a, a pro I mean you'd been managing through a championship manager that's right. so you, you, you could take a team to the Champions League final at this point all those years of experience absolutely <laughs> that was brilliant I remember there was a year uh, Greg Cavana was helping me out and uh, like man we went about like we used to have these like it was almost I think it was like monthly tournaments we were on a, like a Tuesday afternoon say you'd go and play all the other schools yeah. and like we went about I don't know it seemed like 12 tournaments without even scoring a goal and wow. I remember like the first goal that went in me and Greg just being like yes <laughs> <laughs> so delighted that's phenomenal man good times Anyway. Okay, so you're at GYP then. Um, what's your kind of, if you want to pick three highlights from your time at GYP, what do you think you would go with? Putting you on the spot here. Okay. Holiday clubs. Yep. Weekends away. And, and meeting me. And, and meeting you. <laughs> That was going to be my third one, people. Like, yeah. So there's a highlight kind of event stuff. It was great. but um, And th those were also always special times, like particularly when like when we started getting like American teams over. Yeah. Again, we'll come to that. But like, um, yeah, when we started having, you know, uh, way more believers about, because like, it was like a lot of the time it was just, you know, local lads and lasses that were helping us out who weren't necessarily uh, Christians. Um 
uh, but totally willing to help us out and that was great but like, and a lot of them had already been there from from Dave yeah, Kirkson's totally, days yeah totally that's right yeah they'd kind of grown up through the thing and yeah. were wanting to still be part yeah. of it and that and yeah. that's great big shout out to and they still are Daz and Gaz and Wilson and all that jazz absolutely man poetry here tonight yeah yeah um, but like aye when we started to have other teams come over um, of solid Bible believing gospel preaching Christians like it was it was sweet as yeah. like, so when we were doing holiday clubs with those guys it was sweet mission weeks as well were sweet but the people like and that's what like I guess for probably all of us like made us like fall in love with Berlanic in that yeah. sense was like just getting to know people loving the banter loving the um, the commitment of people to each other like yeah. um, sweet um, yeah I and mean, just getting to know folk getting to know school getting to know community like all that jazz like yeah. So, so what's the challenges then of trying to get the gospel out there in Balanok in those those days? Um, I guess is it a goal first of all to try and get it out to the wider community, or is it? It certainly was for Pete and I. Like, yep. Um, we were pretty explicit. Um, uh, and and any way we could, we were about wanting to see folk come and know Jesus, like simply, yeah. and find salvation, find new life, find forgiveness. Um, discipleship was the hardest part, I think. Yep. Um, like we'd again, we'd see a lot of folk come along, um, you know, show some interest for a while, but then fizzle away. Like, yeah. Um, for any number of reasons, like that was the case. Part of that was the church around us not being necessarily on the same page. Like, um, I don't think that's, um, yeah. We love everyone at Greyfriars. Yeah. Like we had such sweet times, sweet memories, like so many people that we love there, but we weren't on the same page in terms of what it looked like to be a church. And yep. um so discipleship was a key one. Like uh yeah. It's hard to um it's hard to call someone to follow Jesus when not everyone around you is doing that, yeah. I guess. Like yep. Yep. Um, would be the challenge, yeah. Okay. So you're at Greyfriars, um, as part of GYP. How long are you there for? So I was five years. Okay. It's 2015 we left. So then Americans started coming over kind of towards the, 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 the tail end, is that right? So I think the first team we had was like 2013 maybe. Pete's nodding. Yes, I'm nailing this. Yeah. Um, we met Mez at the end of 2012, just before... 20 Schemes was kind of launched start of 2013 so how um, did you meet Mez how did that come about totally random but brilliant like um, Murdo from down uh, Mount Vernon one of the ministers down there um, we were on chaplaincy with at Bannerman so yep. uh, yeah good relationship with him and I think we'd just come back from a weekend away or something and we were tidying up the office just it was a pure riot you remember the days uh, yes you know, you only need to take a look in the office. Oh, so your face tidy then here, by the way, <laughs> banging like it's awesome. Um, but it was a pure riot, you know, all sorts of junk all over the place, and we're trying to sort it out. And we got a text from Murdo saying, I've "Got someone I want you to meet. Can I bring him over just now?" And we're like, ah, "Random," but in comes Mez and Shaba coming with them. Yeah, um, and that was that was weird but sweet I think like because um, at that point Mez obviously was kind of introducing 
that they were going around Scotland at that point, kind of trying to see what was happening in yep. the schemes, what was the church, the state of the church uh, in the schemes, and they were kind of working on the basis, and as they were travelling around, finding it to be true, that either there was no gospel witness, or the folk that were there were bashing their head off a wall, finding yep. it hard. Um, and that was us. Like. Yeah. And we instantly hit it off, like, in terms of... Uh, the gospel, but in terms of church polity, in terms of they were Baptists, they're on the same page there, like yeah. Reformed theology, like straight away we were kind of like, this guy talks a lot of sense, this makes a lot of sense. Um, so that and Mez is based in Edinburgh at this point, yeah, still, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd been there a couple of years by that point, and was just about to launch 20 schemes again, seeing the need around Scotland. So, so that was cool. Big shout out to Murdo for yeah. that one. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but it took us a while, I guess, like. I don't. I think we didn't really know what to make of all of that for a while, other than it's great to have people working in a similar context, understanding what we're yep. facing, um, and wanting to support us. Like that was sweet. Like there was other Christians around about. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, but there's a peculiar, a particular understanding they had of of it all, yep. um, which was sweet. Um, yeah. So we started kind of doing a bit of a dance in twenty schemes. Yeah kind of got to know them a bit like we'd have vision trips come and see around what we were doing mission teams came over uh, that summer the first team that came over I still remember Spangly Pants brought over these trips from Bardstown Jerry and Debbie and Frankie and Marcy and, and all that like it was it was sweet it was awesome Like so is that how the, the Americans got involved the then? Americans through because you had met Mez and, and had a chat about yeah, that, so it was yeah. all through the kind of start of 20 schemes. Yeah, totally. Okay. Supporting churches, basically, yeah. that have started coming out, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. So there was obviously a turning point yeah. where um, there was there was a need for a, a gospel preaching church in Balanok. Yeah. How, how, did, how did you go through that transition? Um, again, like I say, it was, we were... A bit slow in the uptake, I guess. Like we'd kind of held out hope that um, you know the church. And I tell you, the whole time I'd been there, I pretty much Pete's whole time had been without a minister, and we were kind of, um, I guess, like hoping that a minister would come along who would you know drive the church, and we'd be able yeah. to do our stuff alongside him and work together. And or maybe you know this twenty schemes thing, maybe we could you know join up a part of that and be part of a team long yeah. term or something. We didn't really know, to be honest. Like, um, and then, so I think it was early 2014. Mez and Andy Matheson came over, and I've told this story tons of times. But like, Pete went to the toilet, and Mez asked me, like, we've been chatting for ages. They'd come over to meet some of the guys and all the rest of it, and asked, like, what is it you want to see in Berlanic? Yeah. And straightforward answer was a healthy gospel church. Pete came back from the toilet. Same question to him: healthy gospel church. Yeah. And Mez was just kind of like. You let boys, <laughs> and at that point we were like, eh, <laughs> what? Eh, so that was probably the penny dropping moment to be yeah. fair. Um, like when it just kind of made sense. Maybe okay, this is what the Lord's called us to do here. Yeah, um, this is what it's going to take. This is what we want to see in Berlanic. So and no one else is coming. We kind of thought maybe someone else will come and do it, but yeah, it's just like there's no one going to the schemes. Like <laughs> there's no one doing it at that time. Still, we're looking for labourers. Like. For other places, um, but yeah, so that was that. I think we were just like, man, us, that's bonkers. And I think people yeah. are still today like, how are they still pastors of a church? Yeah. But that's a whole other story. 
Okay, so you're still with JYP. You've now got this whole opportunity here to yeah. to, to get a, a gospel church in Balanok. So what's the steps there? How, where do you start? So first we left Greyfriars. <laughs> step yep. one. And that was, ugh, we did that with seriously heavy hearts. Like, yeah. seriously heavy hearts. I don't think we could express how hard a thing that was for us to do. Like, again, because we deeply loved and still love the people there. Um, yeah. And did not want to um, cause harm or division in that sense at all. Like, we wanted to say, look, we want to do something different. We want to be a church that's different. We wanted to be clear in that. And yep. we still believe the best thing for people in Berlanic and beyond is healthy gospel churches, right? And you want people to come and know Jesus and live for Jesus. That's how we uh, answer to our deepest problem, our deepest problem of sin. Um, and so we still hold to that, but that was hard. Um, but we started, like, before we left, we started kind of gathering a wee group um, of folk to pray Monday nights. Yeah. Um, well, started off, actually, Pete and Lindsay and Cara and I reading Everyday Church. Okay. It's a sweet book. Yeah. It's a wee book uh, for you to read if you want. Um, uh, and listening to Alistair Begg sermons <laughs> in our house, like, years ago. And then from that, started gathering a wee team of folk who were interested on Monday nights to pray. Um started building the team um, started kind of working towards what kind of church we want to be and yeah. talking about things like membership and uh, and like preaching and all that kind of jazz like we did kind of nine mark stuff um, as well and yeah the team kind of grew but the team also kind of imploded as we were about to launch so okay. so we were kind of working towards um, we were about to launch Easter Sunday 2000 and 17 we're getting there we're getting there um and at the turn of the year we were about to have a vision day and we kind of knew like we had that we had a group of people we loved but it was there was there was differences there was there was some mess um and it was kind of the way that we thought well you know church is messy yeah churches are never squeaky clean and perfect this is what the lord's given us we'll roll with it but i remember at the turn of the year pete and i praying like lord if this isn't of you make that plain like if there's anything in the way make that plain and um within the space of a couple of weeks like it seems like we we pretty much were back to the seven of us that left greyfriars which okay. was pete lindsay Karen, and i uh scott steph and linda yep. like um so like for different reasons like um uh folk who'd left and a theological grounds who didn't weren't entirely on board loved the community thing but not necessarily membership things like that there was um, uh, breakdowns in relationships there was yeah. some guys who were newly new believers who turned back to uh, drugs and stuff there was a guy who passed away sadly um, like yeah just loads of stuff had happened um, yeah and that meant we were kind of back to square one I guess okay so while all this is going on He's been quite vocal in the community. What's the kind of response to that? Um, we got some pelters. Yep. Is that what you're aiming for here? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like, um, even before we left, and then like in the early years, like there was definitely suspicion. Like, are we a cult? Like, are we? Like, what and that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. And now you've got the hoodie to prove it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and this is part of the initiation. You take him on the podcast. Become a member, get a hoodie, yeah. we'll give you the pills later. No. Yeah. Um, we, uh, what am I saying? Aye, so there was like, you know, we tried to, we shared some videos online, like about what our vision was for our church, compellers for that, you know, saying things like, um, I had lines like about people being sinners. Yep. That just was not taken well. Like, People who just thought we've already got two churches in Berlanic, don't need a third one. Yeah. Um, like a lot of, yeah, not much of it to our face, to be fair. A lot okay. of it kind of in the background, like, um, and it's to be expected, I suppose. It is weird. Like we said we were starting a new church and we were just hanging out in, in our front rooms most of the time. Yeah. Like, it's a little right. bit kilty, isn't Aye, it? Totally, totally. <laughs> that and the chanting. Which we're not allowed to do anymore. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 Hashtag COVID. That's <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah, okay. but like, so there was there was stuff like that happening, and like even the whole Twenty Schemes logo and stuff. Like, it used to be Gospel Churches for Scotland's poorest, and that had kicked back as well. Like, yeah, um, who you calling poor? Um, stuff like that. Like, obviously, the deeper thing was spiritual poverty, like of it all. But that goes hand in hand with the stats, like, yeah, um, of of like the what do you call it index of deprivation stuff like yeah yeah okay so you've tried to launch yeah uh, or planning to launch yeah. however everything gets a bit messy yeah and things start kind of falling apart yeah so you're reaching out to god at this point asking what is going on yeah. is this what you really want for us how, how do how do you go back from that then how do you move forward yeah um i think Strangely, I think we all had a real peace about it, actually, okay. which was sweet, and that that is grace. Let me tell you, that is grace. Like, because if it hadn't, yeah, if it hadn't been for the Lord at work <laughs> giving us grace by the Spirit in us, like, I don't think, um, I don't think we would have been there. Like, I think we would have been like all over the place. Yeah, but there must be a lot doing. of pressure. Like, yeah, you've been given sure. this opportunity from Twenty Schemes for sure to set like, up a church, and it's and you feel going, a bit of that. You know, yeah. people are paying us to do this, giving yep. good money sacrificially for the kingdom, and it's just gone belly up. Like, what are we doing? You're questioning yourself. Like, you are thinking all these things, but I think there was definitely a deep peace about okay. Like, and again, that kind of goes back to the fact that we had been praying, Lord, yeah. make this plain. Like, yeah. one of the key things we prayed all the way through, um, like pre-plant stage if you want to call it that was like Lord make straight these paths like straight from kind of Proverbs 3 5 and yep. 6 like trust yep. in the Lord with all your heart acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight like um, we are praying that constantly and we were just like okay this is what he's doing and obviously like internally there's turmoil that goes along with that and you kind of try and figure that out but that was the kind of the anchor I guess through it all okay um, and it was just a kind of regather, regroup, and actually the Lord in His goodness like started then sending other folk to join us. So yeah. um, around the time it was all kind of kicking off, like we heard from two other couples who were game for for coming and being part of uh, church plants of the Millers um, and the Clemens came, okay. um, and then also Carrie was going to come and join us as well for yeah. lunch. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, it was sweet how the Lord provided all that. Um, yeah. Okay, so you launched. Where's your base? Where are you launching from? So another sweet providence was the Calvary Centre uh, and Devon. In fact, she was a major providence from the Lord. Like um, we, P and I had been working in Costa up at the fort quite a lot. Like, yeah. Which yep. 
in a sense I loved good coffee absolutely the raspberry and white chocolate muffins let me tell you <laughs> banging although would you allow yourself to have one of them now you're looking a lot slimmer these days I am but I'm also a lot chubbier than I was two months ago to be okay. fair um, so yes at the moment I would allow myself <laughs> if I could yeah um, although which, you can take away can you I think so yeah I might need, I so. Might need to try that yeah um, anyway so like it wasn't ideal we wanted to be somewhere in Balanac so we thought let's chance it let's go up to the Calvary Centre and We'll ask Yvonne, like yep. we knew her a little bit, um, I'm going to ask her. And she pretty much was like, yeah, I'm up for that. Do you want to take my office? Amazing. Um, so she gave us an office. Um, we were based there all the way through up until a few months ago, really. Yeah. Um, and she was totally on board, like saw what we were doing. We ran, that's where the toddlers started. Yep. So Cara yep. um, started and Lindsay uh, were there and, and other mums kicking about to do the toddlers. That was great. Um, and then um, uh, we did holiday clubs there. We did we ran the cafe there for a while as yep. well, which is a riot, but it was great. Um, and, and Yvonne saw we were doing good in the community. We were, hey, like she was all about kind of community development and stuff and was like up for us being there. Like, um, so that was, that was sweet, totally sweet. Um, so, are you and Cara living in Balanac at this point? So uh, we moved into Balanac. Oh, now you're getting timelines jumbled. We moved into Balanac a few years ago. <laughs> so you'd been 2015, 16, 15, because the twins were like the trend. The twins moved three times before they were one. Before they were one, or just after they were one. By the time they were one. Okay. Because we did stay. In 2013, we'd moved over to Barachne. Barachne, that's right, yeah. So we were there three years. Two years? No, 2012, we moved there. We were there three years. Um, all the kids were kind of babies there. And then we moved. We sold our house, moved into a flat. I had to move out of the flat after six months. And then we've been in the place we're at since. Okay. So you're in Balanoc. Yeah. Um, you're in Calvi Centre now. Yeah. And it's, it's time to launch. Yep. How's that going? Yeah, it was good. We, um, yeah, it was sweet. Like, still remember that first Sunday. Um, like, we've got this little video of it on uh, that the guys from Cleveland, Cleveland yep. representing, <laughs> uh, um, they put together for us. Um, and it's like basically us singing Amazing Grace together and just loads of footage of the Sunday. Like, and that is sweet memories, man. Like, yeah. after years, we'd been at Harper as well during that time. So when we left Greyfriars, we joined um, Harper Church and they were a good support to us um, uh, where we were kind of planting. And then, yeah, so first Sunday in Berlanic, meeting, singing, praying, reading the word, preaching. It was sweet, man. It, it must have been. It's, it's been a, a long journey up until that yeah, point. Yeah, it totally was. And, and it, it totally was. Maybe at points looked as if it wasn't actually going to happen. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. That's cool. How many, how many people did you have on that Sunday? Can you remember? <laughs> Pete. How many members did we have? Fifteen. Fifteen members we launched with. Okay. Um, obviously, we've got like about seven Brazilian kids between us. Um, so like <laughs> someone's at the door uh, so there was a lot of kids still do have a lot of kids kicking about here um, but yeah it was a busy first Sunday with a lot of few visitors and stuff we tried yep. to not make it like a let's come and have a tons of visitors come sort of thing because we wanted it to be a like 
people in Berlanic for yeah. Berlanic. We wanted people in Berlanic to come, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't a huge space, so... Um, and folk did come. It was great. It was sweet. Awesome. So, why don't you give us a, a, a kind of overview of what's happened since then? So, it's been a couple of years since launch. What's mm. What's been going on? Okay. Well, people have come and gone. There's been a fairly high turnover. And we kind of knew that, like... A large percentage of the folk we launched with were there for a period of time, a set period. So like Carrie yeah. was here for two years, went back to the States, the Clemens went back to the States, the Millers moved on, um, first to Kininidri, Bingham, and then they're now in Mary Hill, which yep. is sweet. It's awesome seeing that happen. Um, um, guys like John and Ricky were about, um, uh, sadly aren't at the moment. Um, and then you had like other new members joining, so you which was great, Coyle's yep. right started coming along, and then other folk, um, yeah, we had a, a ton of baptisms along the way, which has been sweet, yourself included. Absolutely, yeah. Which was ace. Um, our first Sunday, we, Scott and Linda were baptised as well. Yeah, that's right, I remember hearing that. That was awesome. That's pretty that cool. That was awesome, that was class. Uh, so, yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster, honestly. Like, And, and then, for, like I was saying to someone today, for a third of our existence of a church, we've pretty much been in lockdown. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. I can't wait until we can just be together again and do it properly and shake hands and sing and eat lunch together and yeah, be church. And I think for me, when I first started coming around, um, a, a big part of it was to to have lunch together, just sit in fellowship and yeah. get to know each other and, and yeah. spend that time together. And I really miss that. And I feel for any anyone knew that's been yeah, around totally. church and, I, and I, that's why I wanted to do something like this as well yeah, to, yeah. to help them know each people or each member for the church yeah it's, totally it's, I know it's, it's rubbish tough, that because you get like a few minutes outside and then if it's raining yeah. everyone's like there's bolt yeah like, absolutely um, it's hard man it's just not the same like totally feel for new folk but yeah the Lord's been good during this time right like we the first Sunday we had here at Hope Hall we had three baptisms and three other yeah. folk join us members like amazing what amazing despite being in lockdown for six months whatever it was like that was sweet um, and then now again there's some other folk on the horizon for baptism and membership like so it's, it's awesome that like I guess one of the big themes and a good overview would be our plans have not happened but the Lord's been at work like, yeah um, in fact Pete wrote a blog I think um, what was the proverb many are the plans of Many of the plans of man, but the Lord determines. Sorry? Purpose of the Lord established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Proverbs 19. He can find that. Yeah. But like, there's that whole idea of like, we make hundreds of plans, but like, it's the Lord's will that will happen. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and, and we've seen that and could testify to that, like, and still testify to that. I think personally, like, it's been a hard few years. Like, um, there's uh yeah numerous challenges like yeah that first year of having twins was a blur like yeah and you still look tired i still look tired because we've still got twins and we're still <laughs> going like um it was hard like because obviously this whole like we literally had the twins three months later left our jobs at Greyfriars. yeah um and then within a year had moved twice <laughs> 
and it was just it was just a hard year a car was just asking for stuff like punishment that. it was it was rough man it really was like um and then like i've struggled health wise a fair whack over the last few years like i have kind of continual headaches and stuff um generally occasional hefty migraines um but then there's also been periods where i've just been laid low for like a week two weeks more. yeah um, tell us a lot about about that because you're, you're absolutely right there's many a time you've not been around because you've been ill where's your headspace at when when that's going on it's hard man like so there was there's one period particularly i think it was a couple of years ago in january this is the healthiest january i've had in a long time it's great um <laughs> Like, and we're in a pandemic. I oh, know. How about that? How about that? That's probably why. No, who knows? Um, but like, I was—I think I was off for about six weeks. Half of that was pretty much just in my bed. Like, um, so like chronic fatigue was at play. Um, I was falling asleep while people were talking to me. I remember, wow. like, being at home. Uh, we had Ricky staying with us at that time as well. I remember talking to Ricky and literally falling asleep when he was talking to me. And it wasn't because he was dull. He's not dull. He was banter. <laughs> Loved having him stay with us. Um, but I just couldn't focus, yeah. couldn't stay awake. I was falling asleep like that. Um, it was actually, it was after one of our anniversary services and guys from Cleveland were here. And uh, I remember getting up the day after it. I'd been in bed pretty much since the service finished until they came round to film. I'd been in bed. I remember getting up. I don't remember a thing about what the interview was, but they were filming us for some reason, weren't they, Pete? Just for their and I just, it was a haze, and then I went back to bed and was pretty much in bed for another day or two. Like, oh, wow. Um, brutal, man. Like, um, and then Cara as well. So that was kind of going on. Like, it took me a while to get back to any kind of health. Like, I slowly kind of came back to work, I guess, after that, like, doing bits at a time, building up. And a year. How are you feeling towards God at this point when you're, when you're ill? Yeah. Is that on your mind? Again, I guess there's been, there's been ups and downs. Like, yeah. There's times where it's just hard and your mind's a mess and you can't think clearly and don't know what to think clearly. Um, but there's also like really sweet times in the middle of that. And this is where you're like coming on to kind of favourite Bible passage that you were asking yep. about sort of stuff. I don't know if we can get there yet. Can I, we can, can yeah, can we can. We can absolutely go there. Oh, brilliant! Because like, there's times I want to get home, so let's get moving. I know it's been going for ages here. Uh, I'm having a great chat. So are. Um, like, so sweet times in the words that I guess were sustaining at those times. There was it was painful. Like, I probably cried more than I have ever. Like, particularly that period of like the six weeks, it was rough. Um, cried in front of people more than I ever have. Um, like, even when I came back, I remember, like, nine times out of ten when I'm leading a service and singing a song, I'd have tears in my eyes. Like, yeah. Um, it was just hard. Like, um, we actually recorded, that was the year we recorded A Love That Will Not Let Me Go, mm-hmm. Cara and I, when we'd just come back down the road from Inverness. And it was just before the anniversary service, for the anniversary service, and then it was flat. Like, and that's a phenomenal hymn. That's a other story in itself. Kara also, like, as well, should say she's had rheumatoid arthritis, so, like, pain in her joints. Yeah. Um, it's now, like, she's in a period where God mercifully has brought her to a place with meds of being pain-free for quite a while, so we're Good. so thankful Good. for that. But from the 
from about three months after the twins were born until a couple of years ago, she was getting discontinual joint pains. Um, yeah. Random, like unexplained. It was hard. Um, so we kind of, like the time that I was really, we were both battling big time. Um, yeah. And it, it's just like, where do you, you can't go anywhere else but Lord, yeah. how long? Like, what's going to happen here? Please deliver us. Please help me know you're with me here right now. Help me. Like, I've got nothing else. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry at you because yeah. I've got nothing else right now. Um, and you're trying to help pastor in your church as yeah. well. Like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But yet, in God's grace, that has helped pastor a church. Yeah. Like, because again, there's more humbling that happens there. There's more. Uh, pride that gets smashed there, more deeper, sweeter dependence on the Lord that happened there. Like, and so that brings me to like where I was going in terms of favorite Bible verse and stuff. And um, it's like Habakkuk. Well, there's a couple. Like Ecclesiastes seven thirteen was huge for me. Who can make straight what the Lord's made crooked? Yeah. Like that whole idea of okay, the Lord's sovereign. He's put that that crook in the lot. Um, he's made that. Um, painful he's made that difficult like uh, you can't straighten it out yeah like, so trust yeah. him through it yeah like okay and then there's Habakkuk like the whole book of Habakkuk is sweet I love it um, and there's this picture of Habakkuk crying out to the Lord for deliverance the Lord saying it's going to get worse Babylon's coming Habakkuk saying this totally confuses me but I'm going to wait for you um, the Lord pronouncing judgment's going to come and everyone's going to know that I'm the Lord and then uh, Habakkuk ends with this Habakkuk three seventeen to 19 he says though the fig tree does not bud and there's no fruit in the vines though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food though the flocks disappear from the pen and there are no herds in the stalls it's a picture of like utter material devastation Yeah. so even if that's going to happen he says yet verse 18 Yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. And it's just that picture of even though everything else has fallen apart, I can have a sure-footed confidence and joy in the Lord. And like, I just remember like when I, I remember studying it and reading it and, and, in times like when I was just at the pits in terms of health, like that was where I clung. I was like, okay, Lord, you're my hope. One day this is going to end. Like, yeah. I can have a sure-footed yeah. confidence because this isn't going to end forever. I Amen. remember one time Callan asking, um, like, Daddy, why has God not healed your headaches yet? Mm. And I just remember replying, one day he will. That's... <laughs> Um, it's tough and like it was so hard it was heartbreaking for me to see him wrestle with that but it was sweet to say one day he will yeah like and that's the hope we have in the gospel right like he's a god of our salvation like yeah what more do we need amazing so I suppose maybe just two more points to cover off because I'm conscious that we've been here for I have no idea how long we've been I going. don't know it's kind of like a Sunday morning yeah it's currently an orange there you wow, go wow there we go bingo Sounds, it feels like five hi um, <laughs> so I, I think if you could give a message to, to non-Christians I suppose what what's the message you want to give them come and find everything in Jesus 
because you're not going to find anything anywhere else because your biggest problem is your own sin and Jesus is the answer to dealing with that and he will satisfy Amen. eternally and he will be your sure foot in confidence yeah. even everything else will be ripped away good one good one okay <laughs> good one <laughs> and what's the plans for the future what, what do you see happening for for what church like uh, it would be nice to be together again on Sundays yep that'd be nice I'd like that like I guess like the vision is in a sense simple like as a church in Berlanic we want to be in Berlanic so we want some we praying that the Lord give us somewhere in Berlanic to meet uh, and be church beyond that I want to see other churches planted like here in Bailiston yep. and beyond um, like there's there's a there's a massive need in Scotland like for the gospel um, there's not many like East End of Glasgow we need more churches like there's there's some good churches kicking about Glasgow but not many and yeah. schemes are anywhere near the schemes or where people from schemes can go to so we want to see churches planted um, in all these places like um, so yeah that's the dream that's and we'll be hope. praying we'll be praying for that absolutely okay um, that's it from me uh, I think if we just finishing a, a quick prayer um, and we'll let everyone go home I think <laughs> um, go for it okay so let's pray Lord, I just thank you for this this opportunity to to use technology to share um, Christian stories. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just ask that you you speak to anyone that's that needs you right now. I hope that this reaches non-believers, Lord, and I just ask that you you show them the joy um, that it would be to know you. I ask that this continues to happen. I just ask that you, yeah, you, you, you use this opportunity to, to bring people to you, Lord, because mm-hmm. that's ultimately why we're doing this. To, if we can at least use this to bring one person to you, Lord, then, then it's been worthwhile. Every life matters, and yeah, just use it. Use it to your will, Lord. I pray for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Cheers, Ants. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the My Hope Story podcast. To find out how you can have your own hope story, go to www.myhopestory.co.uk.